there was no wing stops. There wasn't a lot of food options there. That's why we chose it. You know, the, we came into the market before there was a Chick-fil-A, before there was uh, uh, In-N-Out in town, before there was, you know, even a, a Red Lobster to sit down. We were there, you know, in, in, in the heart. And then once, you know, the, like they say, you know, build it and they will come. You know, once we got there and showed that it could be something that, that could be successful, now you had a lot of other brands that were not willing to take the first step, but definitely follow suit and they're thriving as well. But we were building a brand in a, in, in a brand new market. So it was not just like, oh, we can just open up the doors and yeah, we're millionaires. It just doesn't happen that way. We had to put in the sweat equity and that's why you have to determine when you're doing this, are you going to be an owner operator or are you going to be just an investor? We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. And we are live. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I am the motivating, scintillating, devastating, money-making Carl Bourne Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay, good. you get it together. I'm sorry. I did not expect that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm good. I am happy to be here. Blessed. So since Paul is now speechless, I'm going to go ahead and take it over. This never happens. So now I know how to get him to shut up for future reference. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. <laughs> without further ado, you guys know we always like to bring you special guests. With that being said, this week is no exception. This week, man, we have a powerhouse in the building. Uh, man, we've been excited for this episode for so long and just grateful that you donated your time. So without further ado, hailing from California, uh, he's the co-author of the book, Faith Family Franchise, owner of five Wingstops, four Fat Burger franchises. Also, shout out to the Lemon Pepper for Wingstop. Ah, there you go. Right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Recipient of the Million Dollar Store Club and Top Sales Increased Stores Award. Seen on Black Enterprise and live and direct now on OTC, representing Black Health and Black Wealth. We have Mr. Clint Lewis. Clint, thank you so much for joining us, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm blessed out here in Cali. We just want to say some prayers for those that are in Texas and in the in the states with the cold. You know, as I look out my window, you know, I hate to, you know, tease them like this, but we got sunshine. So it's blessed out here. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we uh we 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 can level with you because you know we're in Florida, so we got a lot of sun this way too. Yeah, I see the palm trees and the little sea behind you, you know, man. I, I gotta I gotta <laughs> set the mood, you know. It feels like it's sunset right now on the beach. That's right, that's right. You know, I need a I need a my time right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got you after the show, man. Absolutely. So, uh 
Clint, you know, we, we, we know your story. Uh, we, we know a lot about what you and, and, and your wonderful wife, Deanna, have been able to do. Um, but I think it's very important to always be able to start with why, especially for our listeners who may not be familiar with you guys and what you've been able to do. So just right off the bat, I know, you know, you started off serial entrepreneur, just grinding it out. But tell us, like, why did you choose to pursue the field of being an entrepreneur? And uh, just kind of walk us through what that looked like for you. So, you know, entrepreneurialism is a passion of mine. I've always been doing something, whether it was commission-based, whether it's feast or famine, you live or you die by your own efforts. So I always like that, right? You know, because I can count on me. I'm always the first to arrive and the last to leave. So during that period of time, I knew that I was going to be productive. I started off originally, to be honest with you, in the debt collection field, right? So I was actually calling people, you know, and they start, you know, dialing for dollars, you know, pay your bills, you know, we from hospitals, debts to bounce checks, you know, we garnish wages, we repo cars, we did all that, but that was real negative. So I wanted to, you know, I have a enlightened on the negative part of financial services. What happened to you when you owe people money? What happened to you when your credit wasn't good? What happened to you when you had your wages garnished, right? You know, so I wanted to go ahead and be on the other side of that, be on the more advocate side. So I started my own financial service practice uh, where we pretty much just tried to, you know, coach people through, you know, some of the financial pitfalls that I had learned through, you know, being in collections. So how not to be here? You know, and then it just started to get into an insurance and investments, real estate, loans, and it just went from there. You know, I did that from 1991, you know, all the way to 1999. You know, and we and another partner of mine, we started our own practice and we kind of grew upon it, right, where we were able to, you know, do business consulting. Uh, we were able to uh, uh, kind of bring it in-house where now we were brokers instead of working for an actual company. So we had even more control over our destiny because, you know, I could always just focus on the client. The definition of a broker and an agent is a broker works for the client, an agent works for the company, right? So I had the good relationships with the clients. So all I needed to do was just win their confidence, win their trust, and then, you know, facilitate this over and over again, what was the best product to bring to the market. And we did that in financial services over and over again. So you know, the real estate boom in the early 2000s, right, where everybody was buying a home, real estate prices were going through the roof, and it was just a whole just, you know, wild, wild west, right? So we made a lot of money during that period of time, my wife and I, through the practice. So we went ahead and looked to say, hey, we were going to take this money and invest it in something that was tangible that can give us a cash flow. Being for financial services, you know, and a financial advisor, because you know, I hold nine professional licenses, it really was a little bit different stake than just looking at it from a real estate aspect of it, just from a loan aspect of it, just from transaction, right? Because you just go from one transaction to the next transaction and don't ever kind of lift your head, you know, to kind of see what's going on in the, in the real world. But being a financial advisor, I knew that this bubble wasn't going to last forever. We needed to go ahead and, and, and put plans for the future. Now, don't get me wrong. I had nine pieces of property. You know, we had, you know, money in the bank, we had the house, and we like to do nice things like everybody else. But we also went ahead and, and, and looked for the future that I need to replace this, this cash in the bank with something that can cash flow me. Thank God 
we had already kind of knew about Wingstop, which was our first restaurant that we that we opened up in 2005. And uh, we were customers. Like you said earlier on the episode, that lemon pepper, my wife's favorite flavor is lemon pepper. You know, I like the hot things because I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Southern boy, you know, so I like things a little bit spicy, a little hot. But we were customers for a year before we even got into it. We were looking at everything at that period of time because we were, you know, just looking to diversify, right? Getting multiple streams of income. I had the real estate going. I had the insurance going, investments. But none of those are businesses that can sustain themselves outside of me. They're all what they call personality businesses, right? You know, you as the person have to go ahead and put in the work. Otherwise, you get no check, you know? So we used to tell some of the guys that were great salespeople, don't ever get sick. Because if you, you know, are not saving money and you get sick and you're not able to go ahead and still keep things going, it's going to be kind of tough for you. So we opened up the first location you know but we did our research we found out that when we first were going to do the endeavor even though we thought that we were good we weren't good on paper to qualify you know so we found out okay we need to go ahead and get these things together maybe get that little credit score a little bit better have a little bit more you know money in the bank have a little bit more collateral we had to go ahead and massage a lot of different things before they would say yes and that took us a year my wife went ahead and counted cars in the parking lot, like, okay, we need to know if this business is going to work. So how many people at that point in time were coming to Wingstop? Because Wingstop is a Wingstop that you know now. You know, they didn't know Wingstop from Red Wing Shoes, you know, just because it had wings in the logo. You know, so, you know, they had, you know, Pizza Hut, Domino's, everybody was doing wings. But guess what? They were doing baked wings, you know, because they didn't have fryers. You know, so we throwing in the fryers like they did in Buffalo you know, which is the originality of, of, of uh, hot wings and make them crispy. And then we tossed them to flavor. That was different. And it just took, you know, California. It was already in Texas for 10 years anyway, you know, uh, by the time we got in. So, this, so the brand was successful, but it wasn't spread out like it is now. You know, we were back in 2005 was like the 308th store, you know, uh, seventh store in California. Uh, now there's 1,500 stores nationwide and probably about four of them, 400 of them in California. And we were number seven, you know, for our first store. So it just kind of spawned and generated from there trying to go ahead and just look to keep and, and, and continuous to diversify ourselves. And thank God. I mean, that was a godsend and a blessing. And it turned out to be just, you know, a home run. I love, you know, I, I love the fact that one, you did something that most people don't even tend to think about. Cause you mentioned how, even though you had all that cash, right. You had all that, all those properties. You're like, we need to get something that starts to pay us back. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it can almost seem daunting um, at some point where it's like, okay, I'm doing all these things. And that's why I mentioned, you know, before we started, I definitely want to start talking a little bit about that real estate later on, because I know a lot of people can come in and like, just think, holy crap, there's so much money around me. I don't know what to do with it. Or I can't start thinking efficiently because I'm just overwhelmed, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, something I want to ask you about, you know, is you, you mentioned the wing stop. So let's just let's just get into it, right? Because we all love okay. wings. Okay, all right. Um, look, I did a little research, but I need you to tell the listeners, right? Okay. And the watchers, when it comes to starting a wing stop or the fat burger, right? 
Um, how much capital is really needed? Because I know a lot of people like will look at it like they look at uh, was it Chick Fil A? People are like, oh, right. I just need ten thousand dollars. They think yeah. that's it, right? But how much capital is actually needed to fully start and maintain a Wingstop or a Fat Burger? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I get it asked commonly because you know people don't realize that the franchise fee or the area or the development fee, which you know franchise fee can only be maybe $25,000, $30,000. And then, you know, to kind of lock in an area to say that you want to go ahead and have Southern California for that matter, you know, they may charge you another, you know, $15,000 if it's open. So they think that, okay, hey, for $50,000, I can, you know, open up and get this business. Well, uh, not quite. I said, you know, when you look at it, and the good thing is now with the internet, and you can go on to the website, and you can find out, you know, what the cost of, you know, start to finish is, then it kind of gives you a breakdown. You know, what they don't tell you is that, yeah, you have to go ahead and find a place to lease, right? So just like when you're doing um, an apartment, first, last, you know, secure deposit, that could be 10 grand, you know, or, or, or higher, depending on, you know, where you're at. You know, here in California, you know, your lease cost per month could be over five grand. Easy, right? So that can add up. Then you also have to find out how does that space look? A lot of times that that's not a restaurant. I've taken my most recent endeavor was a flower shop, you know, so it was not a restaurant. It didn't have a cooking for the grill. It didn't have, you know, places for you to drain, you know, your, your excess, you know, grease and things like that. It was called a grease trap. So your, your, what they call is 10 improvements can be hundreds of thousands of dollars for you. Just think about the remodel of your house, right? So you're taking a house that's just, you know, four walls because a lot of times they give you a white box, right? And you have to go ahead and mill it to a full open restaurant. And in, my, in, in the book that we wrote, in which I have to give you a little cameo, in Faith Family Franchise, you know, in, in the book that you can get wherever books are sold. But my wife, with a little segue, she says, if you order from our website, not only will we personally autograph it for you, that we, she beats Amazon Prime in actually getting out to you. So kudos to my wife on that one. So, but in the actual book itself, it can show you and tell you uh, 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 how we got it uh, to a white box to it actually being a full-fledged restaurant with customers and the process in which takes probably about six months, you know, to, to do. But the improvement can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, a, a remodel, the equipment, you know, that you have to, you know, get, you have to, you know, AC, you have to do, you have to do your exhaust, you have to buy the grill, you have to buy the fryers, you have to buy the refrigerations, the, you know, the, the walking coolers, that can cost $150,000. So all in, said and done, is probably close to half a million dollars. So, Clint, what I want to ask you now, kind of, we're going to come back to this, but okay. still staying in this realm. Now, the other aspect is for people who are interested in being able to uh, have a successful franchise, such as yourself and your wife, they may come into contact with the issue regarding, okay, what does it look like in terms of being able to let the business do its thing, let it run its course to where I'm seeing profit on my investment and then being able to pay myself so how do you balance being able to reinvest 
in the business and also like paying yourself? Well, it's a good question in which we talk about that in the book as well. We didn't take a salary for six years, you know, so we were owner operators. You know, we had other businesses in which we were able to sustain us. My wife was a retired social worker for LA County, you know, for 25 years. So she was still working, you know, during the daytime and she would come into the store nights and weekends. I would, you know, be in suit and tie and then I would close off the store, uh, uh, you know, to give the manager uh, the evening off and, and close off the store. So, you know, we don't close, Wingstop doesn't close until midnight. So uh, you can think about the long days, right, that we had. And we were doing that because we were trying to build a new brand. You know, the city, the town that we opened up in, uh, in Bakersfield, California, which is where my wife's from, there was no wing stops. There wasn't a lot of food options there. That's why we chose it. You know, the, we came into the market before there was a Chick-fil-A, before there was uh, uh, In-N-Out in town, before there was, you know, even a, a Red Lobster to sit down. We were there, you know, in, in, in the heart. And then once, you know, the, like they say, you know, build it and they will come. You know, once we got there and showed that it could be something that, that could be successful, now you had a lot of other brands that were not willing to take the first step, but definitely follow suit and they're thriving as well. But we were building a brand in a, in, in a brand new market. So it was not just like, oh, we can just open up the doors and yeah, we're millionaires. It just doesn't happen that way. We had to put in the sweat equity. And that's why you have to determine when you're doing this, are you going to be an owner operator? Or are you going to be just an investor? Either way it goes, you need to kind of know, you know, your craft and know what you're getting involved in because you never know when you may have to jump in there because people, personalities, just whatever. We've had everything under the sun besides, you know, people that, you know, were, were not honest to, to people that thought that they knew more than us. Just whatever it might be, you know, you have those, you know, those times where you have to go ahead and uh, roll up your sleeves and you have to do some of the dirty work yourself. And uh, whenever my wife and I come into the stores, we're always in full uniform, you know, to just let the employees know that, yeah, we're side by side with you. You know, both my wife and I worked on Super Bowl, which is the busiest day of the year for us. You know, we were in there in the grind with them, standing in one place on, the, on your feet for six hours, not moving, just doing this, <laughs> you know. But, you know, that gets the respect you know, of your, of your crew. So you have to find out what kind of owner are you going to be? Are you going to be an owner operator or are you going to be an absentee owner? And, and if you are going to be an absentee owner, then you have to, you know, find good management. And that talent is, 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 is tough, especially when you don't get in there yourself because the managers, as I said, you know, without seeing you do it, are going to think that they know how to do whatever it is better than you and going to start looking at you like, okay, you don't know what you're talking about, so I just do it this way. And that's a problem. So they, they can't, you know, my guy that's been with me for 15 years, you know, he can't say any of that to me or tell me, you know, how the case count doesn't go. I, I know I've done every task in the store, you know, from open to close. So I know what everything if you tell me that we sold 10 cases of chicken then i know that we should have you know you know twelve hundred dollars in the teal if we don't then some of the chicken went out the back door instead of through the front door <laughs> but you got to know you got to know until you know you don't know yes sir no that makes perfect sense and to our listeners if you're not paying attention 
You should be. You really should be. We're going to keep plugging the book. So Faith, Family, Franchise, dropping straight gems out of the book. Uh, The next question I want to ask you, Clint, now, this is more so for our listeners that are, they're kind of conflicted, right? Because you may have that couple where one of them is is the the serial entrepreneurs such as yourself like they think about what concepts they can bring to life and how they can be able to diversify their portfolio and have alternate streams of income and then on the other hand maybe the other significant other is like kind of like okay I'm my interest is peaked but I'm not really sure if this is something that you know I can I can fully commit to and I know for um you and Deanna that at one point she was working at her job and then she left and then she went back. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that in a, in a past interview, I heard her mention as well that for her, it wasn't so easy to just kind of jump, you know, because. No, she was uh, under that auspice of go to school, get a good job, good government job with benefits. And that was, you know, pretty much how you live. See me at 18, I took my first sales position, right? So I knew all about, hey, you got to go get it. You had to go hard or go home, right? You know, work your way up on the, on the, on the leadership, right? So that's all I knew. You know, the first, and I told her, I don't even really know what month it is or anything. All I know is the first to the 30th, because guess what? On the, after the 31st, it starts all over again. You're at zero. My managers used to say, don't talk to me about that deal. That's last month's deal. That's old news. What 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 fresh do you have? I'm like, oh, okay, I got to go after it again. That money's already spent. You know, you need to go ahead and come up with something new. So you have to just hit it. So every month, I just worked. As it got closer to the end of the month, I needed to make my quota. I needed to make my commission. This is what I need to do. I need to work extra. I need to stay longer. I need to make more phone calls. I need to see more people, more customers. Just had this because I hadn't hit yet. And thank God, in, 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 in all the years I've been doing this, and it's now about 30 years, that I can only think about two months that I didn't hit my number, you know? And that was the, 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 the first time that I, that I bought a house, you know, with my, my ex-wife, you know? And then it was pretty much when I got divorced with my ex-wife so the the key is is the ex-wife you know now with d you know we've been together for 26 years been married for 24 you know we've just been grinding together but she let me uh uh be the one that's gonna be you know the entrepreneur the go-getter and everything like that and she would hold the fort down with the kids we had two in diapers at the same time my kids are only 12 months uh two weeks apart so i had two double strollers double car seats had to go to the store and buy diapers, buy the ones and buy the fours. And that's when I realized that I was getting set up because I'm buying diapers, right? Ones and fours. And those that don't have kids don't understand this. But as the kids get older, you get less in the pack. So case in point, you may get 20 diapers and ones, you know, but in the fours, you may only get 12, but they cost the same amount of money. So I was like, I'm getting beat here. Something's not right. I'm not getting the same, you know, because they say, you know, like how many you can break down, how many ounces you do this if you're buying in bulk. So I'm thinking that, hey, I'm buying in bulk. I should be able to get more. No, they feel that as the kid gets older, they should be using the bathroom more on their own so they don't need as many diapers. I was like, no one told me. 
I said, I'm getting set up, you know, but those are little things that I had to go through and make sure that I pushed through and, and just kept things going. And, and I took the kids to the doctor's appointments. Uh, we had the insurance and then we had the fallback because some months I, I may not have hit at the time that I needed to hit when the bill was due because it doesn't, when, when you're working in sales and let's just say you made $5,000 in a month, my wife's $5,000 was broke down evenly on the 15th, she got 2,500 on the 30th, she got 2,500 me. I can get nothing. And I close a deal on the 30th of the month for $5,000 and I made $5,000 for the month, but I didn't eat for 30 days, right? My car note is, is late. My rent is late and everything like that because, and, and guess what? What if you didn't, what if you made the month before your $5,000 on the 1st of March and you don't make another $5,000 until the 30th of April, every month you made $5,000. So on paper, it's like, oh, you're doing good. You're averaging. But that's 60 days in between. So you, that's a lot of time that you got to figure out how to eat and how to, feel, and how to feed two babies, right? So that's the life of an entrepreneur. You don't know how well your month is going to be, how well your year is going to be. Yeah, on paper, it looks good at the end of the year. But heck, I could have had a horrible six months and had a tremendous last six months. So that's the... That's the balance, right? So having a partner that's willing to kind of get in the trenches with you, you know, put back on those suits that she talks about and go back in there and get it. That was, that was a godsend because at that point in time, we were, you know, we were, you know, losing businesses, losing homes. It was a pandemic, you know, about to file bankruptcy. It just was, was uh, tough. And uh, there's a quote in, in the book and some of your viewers can maybe sympathetic about this, but even with our own personal house, because we lost you know, eight of the nine homes that we were, that we had at that point in time, you know, during the recession, right? You know, uh, and the one home that we had left was where we were living at and raising our kids. Thank God we still have the house now, but she made a quote, are we painting or are we packing? So are we fixing the place up? Or are we packing and we out of here? Wherever it is, as long as we're together as a family, she was cool with, but that right there told me everything I needed to know. And, and, and we pressed through and together and thank God we, we, you know, we never had to move out. But, you know, she, she said, hey, what are we doing? You just let me know and I'm following you. So that was, uh, you, know, you know, knowing that you have a, a someone that got your back is everything. Thank God, good. Mercy. Um, look, you were just preaching just now. Um, <laughs> not for real. And, you know, you, you mentioned something that I want to go into a little bit. And I love that quote because I know in 2020, it forced a lot of people a lot of people to have to figure out how to start over. And like you mentioned, like in that recession in 2008, um, you know, y'all really had to go through that same process. But oh, even, even with the quote, like, what would you say was the main focal point? And I ask this because I know I'm in one of those relationships where like I, I even with my business with Carl and my other business is like, everything seems like a great business idea to me. And I'm just like, we can, like, like, this is great. We can yeah. go for it. Um, and I know even my girlfriend, she's the one who, you know, really more the cautionary, you know, cautionary, okay. you know, she's like, you, yeah, know, you have to have somebody, gotta have people somebody. that are going full speed, right. you know, somebody has to grab the steering wheel and press the brake sometime. Cause I'm going to test that gas. <laughs> exactly. Me but, too. <laughs> but what I, what I want to ask really just becomes like, come to like, if you really think back to it, right. 
what would you say became the super focal point for both you and your wife, right? To help you push through the, let's say, super hard days. Well, our faith, you know, that we have in the Lord and our faith in our family and our one another. That's why we named the book Faith Family Franchise. You know, the franchise is just our journey, but it could also be substituted by finance because we give you a lot of financial tips and nuggets in the book. You know, because I'm a financial advisor by trade, so it's not like I'm just new to this. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been doing, you know, being a restaurateur for about 16. So I got twice as many years on the financial tip than I do even in the restaurant. But, you know, I can do both of them like breathing. It's just autonomic now, you know. But back then, you know, we just had a, a, a faith and belief that whatever we did together, we were just going to, you know, be able to uh, win. And I said, okay, as long as I have my health, you know, God give me the, the, the wisdom and a decent amount of, of, uh, of health and strength. We had each other. You know, it doesn't matter how many times I have to restart. You can put me in the middle of Arizona and in six months I'll be successful because I don't mind talking to people and I already know I got the experience. So it don't really matter to me and I'm not fearful because I already know that I'm going to make it through to the other side just because my experience tells me so now. So, but when you're just starting out and you're kind of skeptical and then, then you got to be, you know, arm to arm, back to back to back you know, to, to, to get through the foxhole. And uh, if you do that together and somebody is, is, is thinking about, okay, uh, this is uh, something that you can, that will work, right? You know, cause you don't know always the path on how you're gonna be able to get out of something, right? But if you come up with ideas and you just, you know, try to work through them, you know, and, and most of the time it's, it's, it's just time. You know, if you can just stand and outlast, you know, the next person, then you'll be all right. You, you know, a lot of people think that everything is so expeditious, but there's a there's a, a certain amount of of uh, truth in the in the tortoise and the hare story, right? I said, if you can just stand and you can look, you don't need to beat everybody. You just need to get to the finish line because guess what? The prize is the same. So whether you got there you know, 10 minutes before I got there, we both got there. So you have to sometimes kind of pace yourself. You know, I'm really quick to execute, but slow to decide. And what I mean by that is we do the due diligence, we do the vetting, we do the research, and we may have five or six things that we're doing at the same time, as far as the vetting process. And then we execute right away, but you just seen the execution on it. So you're thinking that, Hey, we're moving so quickly and things are just happening there like that. But we've been thinking about this and coming up with this idea for a year now, it's just now coming to fruition. So that's where you have to go ahead and, and, and multitude of counsel, talk to other people, find other people that have already done it. So that way you don't have to go through the same mishaps as they do, you know, and somebody told me a long time ago, you know, a, a smart person and a wise person, which would you rather be? It's like, both of them sound good. But I said, let me give you the definition and then you can decide. A smart person is one that learns from his, uh, his own mistakes. So if you've been hitting a brick wall, then eventually you're going to learn how to go around the brick wall. And then you're smart, right? But a wise person will see you that's hitting the brick wall and the first time just walk around it. So I'll rather be wise because I don't ever have to endure that 
you know, hardship of hitting the wall right smack dab in my face, right? So you need to go ahead and be wise. And in wisdom, you seek counsel. You find somebody that's already successful, already doing the same thing that you want to do, whatever it might be. Mentorship, get a coach, you know, find somebody that's like-minded, that's already gone in the direction. So if somebody wants to be a restaurateur, just like you ask me, how much does it cost to get involved? They can ask me that direct. I don't need to go ahead and research in the book. I already know because I've done it 12 times. So that's what you have to kind of get to the point. And you can expedite a lot of those challenges that you may have or, you know, mitigate a lot of them. And, 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 and I'm a proponent in trying to link up with, with people that, that will share information freely. And not everybody would do it, unfortunately. You know, my wife and I, we're all at about the give back. And I said something, we did an interview just uh, yesterday uh, or the day before. Uh, and, and, you know, I've had, you know, almost every accolade given to me in sales and everything. I've been, I've been very successful. So I, I, I've won trips, cruises, awards, whatever. But I said, I don't mind telling anybody about how to, to get to where I've been. Because I just don't feel that anybody's going to work as hard as me. So you can have all the golden nuggets, but you still have to work, right? That W-O-R-K, that four-letter curse word that a lot of people don't want to do it. You know, I'm the first to arrive, I'm the last to leave. And I'm still like that 30 years later because it's a habit now. I've embedded that habit. So, you know, by, by just showing up and working hard, you beat everybody, 90% of the crowd. The last 10% is just the sure talent. You know, and that's where you get the Kobe's, the LeBron's, the Michael Jordan's, you know, last time. But guess the point, everybody that got to the NBA, they were good. Very, very good, right? They went through the best in the, in the AAU circuit, the best in the college circuit. You know, they went to the NBA. And even though they may be riding the pine, they still can probably beat about 85 to 90% of those guys out there that never made it to the league, right? It's because they have that discipline, you know. But then if you put that talent to work and you become you know uh, engulfed in it then you get the extra cream of the crop but you remember you're already in the top 10 percentile just from showing up and just from working hard clint um i want to go ahead and, and and segue real quick because for us it's very important to be able to teach on you know wealth and, and and ways to um reach financial freedom and abundance you know but one of the things that we like to do as well to differentiate our podcast is we like to do a little segment that we call black health and okay. so uh for today's black health guys i just want to bring to light that african americans in the u.s have a higher prevalence of high blood pressure than any other racial and ethnic group so with that being said, today's tip is just to be more physically active, aim for at least 90 to 150 minutes of aerobic or dynamic resistance exercises. And guys, when you really think about it, you can break that up seven days in a week, 90 minutes, break that into three, that's 30 minutes, 30 minutes, three times out of seven days, very doable. Um, so that is that is our, our, our Black Health segment for today. Uh, now, getting back into getting back to the, the the task at hand so let me ask you 
from a standpoint of, because I feel like when you're an entrepreneur and you have a history of always looking for new innovative ways to do business or approaches to take, that there's also, we, we kind of alluded to this earlier, right? Like if I'm wise, I'm not going to go hit my head on the same brick wall you're hitting. I'm right. going to walk around. Yep. Why? Because success leaves clues. Right. And so Absolutely. for yourself, who would you say are some entrepreneurs that uh, you admire, who you would like to work with if you have that opportunity? Well, I mean, obviously you have the top. I mean, you know, I would love to, you know, do something, collaborate with uh, Magic Johnson. You know, I would love to, you know, look at uh, even what uh, LeBron does in the philanthropy side. You know, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, we've already collaborated with, you know, uh, you know, other people in the entertainment sector, you know, on a few uh, projects and ideas. So uh, at the point right now, you know, I'm uh, uh, pretty much just in the in the in the, in the give back, you know, part of uh of uh of the cycle you know we want to you know and what i mean by give back is more by educational i believe knowledge is power so that's why you know i enjoy doing these podcasts we wrote the book you know we if the pandemic was here we would out you know obviously be out and about promoting the book doing you know book signs and speaking tours because that's originally what we were you know trying to do uh, but uh you know however the method that we can get out the information because I think that we come from a, a unique venue, right? I said from the financial service background and the acumen that I have, you know, from my practice, plus from the success that we have of building up, actually having uh, uh, sustained and 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 left is uh, nine, but we actually opened up and built twelve restaurants. You know, a couple of them, you know, were relocated, a couple of them didn't make it or whatever. But we've, you know, from the ground up, we've built twelve uh, restaurants out in sixteen years. So we know all about that process, you know, so just to put that out there to, to talk to and to share with uh, anybody that we can, uh, we, you know, we offer ourselves as, as mentorship to try to, you know, help those inspiring entrepreneurs, regardless of you're trying to be a restaurateur or entrepreneur in any uh, segment, we, you know, love to, uh, to share our story and to give our insights on whatever it is that you may be doing. So that way you could uh, uh, be successful. I just want a lot of people that, you know, I, I feel that there's room at the top for all of us, you know? So, you know, if, if we can help you, you know, be successful, then I think that that's, you know, that, that's, you know, pushing up people, you know, and, and that's the philosophy that, that we live by. And I don't, I don't mind uh, uh, giving out the information to get there. And my, you know, number one sign off, you know, is that I'll see you at the top because, you know, I'm going to be there, you know, but I'm going to help you get there if you do the things uh, that's necessary to, to succeed. Now, would you say um, that was okay? Because really what we want to know is what inspired you and your wife then to write the book? It was a, the book was a five-year process. Okay. So, you know, we uh, first were, were very proponent in the, in, the, in, the, in the church, you know, circle, right? So we wrote the book because people, uh, Black people in the church world 
they don't understand that yet yeah, you can have success, but you can still have integrity through success. You don't have to be, you know, acting a fool just because you're successful. And that doesn't mean that you're out there sinning either. I said, you know, but we like to share that with people that you can still be godly, but you can still have money because they want to say that, you know, money is, 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 is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. So you have to quote the scriptures correctly, but also uh, the wisest man in the, in the Bible in the land, Solomon, you know, said that money answers all things. So it's a tool. So if you know how to use the tool, you know, it will help you. And so originally we wrote it for the, the circular world of, uh, of, of churchdom, us, as colordom, you know, black people, we wanted to get the information out because it's just lacking. We're lacking information, right? You know, we normally have some of the best work ethics and some of the best, you know, ingenuity and the ideas, but we can't get it to market and everything like that because we lack the resource and the knowledge. So we wanted to go ahead and get that out there. You know, so when we first wrote the book, it was a matter of timing. You know, as I said, it was a five-year process. You know, she was doing things. The kids were still young. I was still, you know, building the business. We were in the stores. So we had to kind of, when we went back on the final edit, we had to kind of, you know, make a couple of changes. Because originally, when we started the book, we only had three stores. But when we finished it, we had nine. So that's just kind of the process that we had to do to go back to make sure that everything was accurate. And we tell you the good and the bad and the ugly, you know, in, in the book. We put it all out there. You know, we tell you a little bit about ourselves, how we got together, tell you about, you know, the pitfalls when we, you know, went into bankruptcy. And then we tell you about the triumphs and the success. But everybody wants to share with you the glow up and never want to tell you about the struggles that it took you to get there. You know, they see us now, but would you wanted to walk a mile in my shoes, you know, 15 years ago? You know, maybe not. <laughs> you know, so that's the reason why we wanted to put the book out there. Uh, uh, to just share the knowledge because we feel that we have something to give and uh, we wanted to put it out there. Clint, I want to, and this will, this will be my last question. I want to ask you, because I think this is, I mean, it's a very critical element of you guys' story as well as your book. And mm -hmm. I know, though me and Paul know it, listeners who are just being exposed to you may not know. So, okay. Could you talk a little bit about what those five C's of financial competency are that you guys talk about? And then. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Then That's I why a, I told you that some of the of the uh, uh, tidbits in the book could also be supp supplemented by by uh, finance, because that is a key. So we all know that the lack of capital, lack of money is the reason why a lot of small businesses can't get off the ground or can't achieve you know, success, right? So the five C's are uh, a way to position yourself as a person that's an entrepreneur that's seeking money, you know, through an investor, through a bank, a lender, because they're going to want to know or have an answer to these questions, right? And the five C's are kind of about you and what your intent is with my money, right? That I'm going to give you or invest with you, right? So the first one is your character. I said, are you somebody that's trustworthy that I can give my money to, right? Or are you going to go and take my money and go south of the border? So that's kind of number one, right? Okay. So number two is capacity. Do you have the skills or the traits to do what it is that you're telling me that you need to do with my money, right? Your resume. 
me and my wife, we didn't have the resume that said that we were going to be successful restaurateurs, financial services. I'm a numbers guy. My wife is a social worker. She does with people. We don't know anything about cooking recipes and things like that. The good thing is with the franchise, they'll train you, right? She went through, you know, a whole month of training down there, hand to hand, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, you know, the trainers. So the capacity issue, and you don't have to have an answer for all these things, but you need to have a reasonable answer for all these things, right? For somebody to entrust in you, right? The next thing is collateral. I said, do you have anything to put up? You know, because when times get tough, are you just going to walk away and say, hey, I'm done. I didn't have nothing in it. You know, I don't have nothing to lose. How much skin in the game are you willing to, you know, put up or risk, right? So that way you can kind of persevere and you just won't walk away, you know, with my money. Remember, this is an aspect that's coming from an investor or a lender. So this is what they're going to want to know, right? You know, another one is kind of credit. I said, do you have, you know, any credit where you can, show me that you've paid other people back on time or if you've given money back on time, right? You know, so if you say that, hey, I'm going to invest your $100,000 in my business and we're going to, you know, build it out and we're going to make it successful and we're going to do all this kind of stuff. Have you ever done that before and said, okay, I'm going to, it's going to take me two years to do it. Did you pay that back on time, you know, over that period of time? And then the last thing is capital. So, do you have any money to kind of put up? So if I'm going to put up 50000 do you have 10000 20000 40000 or something that you can put in to the pot? So that way it's not all my money. Because guess what? People don't work the same when it's all somebody else's money. When it's not their money, they're like, nah, maybe I'll show up today. Maybe I won't show up today, right? Because, hey, I got nothing to lose. That's not kind of the the... The, the attitude that you want to portray when you're asking somebody else for money. So the five C's once again, and those are all five of them. See, it's not much, but it's everything, right? You know, character, you know, your, your uh, capacity, your, your collateral, your credit, and your capital. That's it. That's the five C's. If you have a reasonable answer for those five, you know, I'll send a, a, a good business plan, a game plan then somebody more than likely will be willing to invest in you or to lend to you. So I have a follow. I, I lied. I got one more for you. It's just a follow up <laughs> to that. <laughs> I got you. We got some so, time. All right, cool. So last question for you is now for people who hear those five C's and they're like, you know, I don't have, I may not have one or two of those. Is this something where you think the success can still be possible having three out of five Absolutely. or four out of five? Or? Yeah. Okay. My wife and I, when we first started, we only had, I think, three of the five. You know, we didn't hit the capacity issue. Well, actually, to be honest with you, to be totally honest with you, uh, at the start, we only had one of the fives. We were good people and we were going to work hard so that we had this character but we didn't have the credit we didn't have the capital we didn't have you know the the uh, collateral we didn't have any of that that's remember i told you that we had to put all that together in that one year's time before we even got into wingstop you know but i saw on the application and being from financial services and 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 a, and a broker and everything like that i knew how to go ahead and position 
those things together. Oh, you need $100,000 liquid. Okay, so let me go ahead and get, you know, some money to be liquid. Okay, we, we took a loan out on the house. We put it aside. Okay, we need the credit score to be this. Okay, let me pay off everything so that way we could do this. Oh, we need, you know, uh, uh, some collateral. Okay, well, you know, we had, you know, two houses at that point in time. So let me go ahead and, and, and be willing to let you put a lien on our house because that's what we did. It was a $325,000 lien on our house, you know, that we were betting on the success of the business and we could lose our home. So, but originally we didn't have those things. So you don't have to come to the table with all five, you know, but those are questions that you need to kind of look at because just think about it. If you were going to lend somebody, whether it be $10,000 or $100,000 or invest with them, wouldn't you want to know are they good character or have you, are you a con artist? You know, you ripped off other people in the past, you know, uh, your credit is shot. So you don't have a good track record of paying back anybody. So what makes you think I'm going to get paid? Right. You know, I said, you don't have no, no, nothing to put up, not even a pink slip, a car, some, you know, money in a, in a CD, a bank account, nothing. So you just want me to put everything up and then believe that you're going to, you know, do right. And show up, you know, as said, uh, uh, you know, once again, as I said, do you don't have any money, whatever. If I put in 90%, can you can at least do 10? You know, SBA at least wants you to put in 10%. They'll do a 90% loan and you got to put 10% in. But jump, But this is what I'll tell you, that it doesn't all have to rely on you. Because individually, let's just say you have $10,000. But if you can get five people together on the same page, investment club type, now you have $50,000. You have some money to do it and you can share some responsibilities because, hey, maybe that one person in there uh, is going to be the administrative person, you know, in the back, their accountant person. And then some person that he's just the, 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 the happy-go-lucky guy that can charm a room and make anybody want to, you know, do, do anything with them. You put that guy in the front of the store, right? And, and just bringing all the customers. Then you have somebody that may be an attorney or something like that taking help with all the contracts and the paperwork when you're doing leases and stuff like that. So getting a multitude of people together, you know, also shares risk. And also, it also helps spread, you know, the responsibilities. So it doesn't always have to be just one. We've talked about on many times. So they say, hey, Clint, if I had $50,000, what what can I do? What would I do? They're like, well, may not be able to do too much, but I said, if you get five people together that have $50,000, now we're talking, we can go ahead and make some investment. So that's a, that's a, a key option. And I think uh, the investment club idea or people pulling their money together has kind of gone by the wayside. I mean, they recirculated a little bit with crowdfunding, but why not put your own little crowdfunding together? So that way you and a circle of your friends. We talk about that all the time with our our center of uh, of uh, couples that we deal with in our village or whatever. We talk and have money conversations. You know, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Let's go ahead and go and, and invest in this, you know, timeshare, you know, vacation property. And then we can just Airbnb it out. And we just put it all together. When we want to use it, then we got it. If we're not, then we just rent it out and let's make money on it you know, let's go into this business together. I got, you know, they're, they're invested in a couple of restaurants uh, of, of ours. 
you know, as uh, minority partners, but we're, you know, having those conversations. So that way everybody can get a piece of the pie, man. And say, you have to. I love it. I love it. Um, also to the listeners, man, if y'all want to get a piece of this pie as well, look, y'all know what to do. <laughs> you have to text us. You got to text us. 321-384-6275. If you want to get one of the shirts we got on, I got the black. Carl has a white. We have the gray. We can do the red. Can't customize it for you for a limited time until I wake up one day and decide we're not going to do it anymore. But until that day, Text us 321-384-6275, as well as if you want to be able to get the study guide that comes along with this episode. We're all about being able to teach you so that you can also learn and apply. Listen, if you don't know where to go, Faith Family Franchise, go get the book. If you want to be able to get a lot of these gems that Clint has taught and been able to express to us and explain it clearly, text us 321-384-6275 for the study guide, as well as all the things that we drop to you during the week. If you want to get it, what's the number? 321-384-6275. Thank you, Paul. Greatly appreciate it, bro. So, Clint, man, let me just say, first off, thank you so much for uh, or joining us. You know, it's so, for us, it's motivating. You know, it's inspiring to see what you've been able to do. And uh, it helps us to continue to push forward, you know, because we we know being an entrepreneur is it's hard, man. Let's just call it like it is. It is. It's hard, you know, but, but when you see other people have the success that, you know, you and your wife have been able to have and um, be able to build the way you guys have been able to build, you know, it, it helps us understand, like, just keep pushing. One thing me and Paul always say is, you know, the only way you lose is if you quit. And so if you can just, persevere and push through you know you'll be you'll be standing on the other side of the rainbow with your pot of gold you know yeah. so nelson mandela said it back it says i never lose either i win or i learn love it love it and with that i mean man we got to end the episode right there because that was fire that was a mic drop <laughs> moment right there but well you can't get any better than nelson mandela man yes sir yes sir now before we let you go for anyone who's listening and they're like, man, this was amazing. I want to go get that book. I want to connect with them. What would be some uh, social media or contact information book info you would want to leave with them? Yeah, for sure. On all Instagram, Facebook, uh, the World Wide Web, it's all the same. It's faithfamilyfranchise.com. Faith Family Franchise on Facebook, Faith Family Franchise on Instagram. Like our page when you go to our website. Uh, uh, We have also uh, Financial Freedom Fridays where we come on, my wife and I, and do probably about a 30-minute segue. Uh, If you follow our page on Facebook, then you can uh, hear that. And we're giving out, you know, gems and nuggets, you know, on Fridays during lunch hour. It's around noonish on Fridays. And we've been doing that during the pandemic since uh, we launched the book in April. And uh, it's just more conversations like this. I never know the topic. She just kind of drops it on me and we shoot from the hip, but we do that together. Uh, And uh, uh, it's all, it's all good, man. I just love trying to uh, encourage, empower, you know, our people to, to, to do better. It said, when you know better, you do better. And that's all we're trying to do. Not to say that we've arrived, but we've accomplished a, a, a little bit. 
So, you know, and we're still in the grind. I'm in the office right now, still working. I've been here since seven o'clock, you know, uh, uh, Pacific Standard Time. It's around four o'clock and I haven't moved pretty much from the desk because we, we have the nine restaurants, but we have 15 businesses all together. So the other, six are, the other six are on the financial service side, which right now we're in tax season. So it's, 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 it's keeping us pretty busy. Clint, man, thank you so much. Tell Deanna, thank you for allowing you to sit down and, and, and talk with Absolutely. us and, and drop the gems. To our lovely listeners, we appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode, listening to all the episodes you guys have listened to and subscribing. If this is your first time listening to OTC, do us a favor, go down to Apple Podcasts, scroll all the way to the bottom, hit the five-star review, type a five-star review, and share this podcast out to someone. Make sure you go get that book, Faith Family Franchise. And until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.